You are tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown, the official podcast for the Atlanta Realtors. We're here to keep you updated with the latest trends, topics, and keep you in the know of our ever-changing Atlanta market. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. I'm your host, Kate Wright, and I'm here today with Alexandra French. Hello. Thank you so much for coming in. I want to start us off by just letting everybody get to know you a little bit. If you would just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and how you kind of got into real estate and where you are in your business now today. So first of all, Kate, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for asking me. I've been listening for a while now, so really cool to be on this podcast. Um, so I started in real estate in 2011. Um, like most people in real estate, they don't dream of becoming a realtor. Um, I just graduated college. I was living in Israel, and there was a sign on the building I was living in that said, looking for someone part-time from Atlanta, Georgia, USA. So, of course, I was like, interesting. Called the number. Um, he was an investor looking to start investing in properties in Atlanta. It was a downturn. Um, he had chosen Atlanta because he had a cousin that lived here. So I kind of worked with him for six months, you know, helping him communicate with his realtor, helping him understand this city, helping him write emails. And then when I moved back to Atlanta, kind of continued to work with him for another six months, again, just being his go-between between him and his realtor and doing some property management, which I now know shouldn't have done. Um, <laughs> but eventually, I just think I was like, this is silly. Let's cut out the middleman. Like, why are you paying me to talk to someone else? So I went ahead, got my license. I was 22. None of my friends were buying houses yet. My, you know, my parents' friends weren't buying or selling houses really. So, I started building a niche working with investors. Mm. Um, I think I probably took me a year in the business before I even did a transaction that involved a loan. Wow. It was all cash. It was all investors. So I just had a lot of repetition my first couple of years. Um, you know, it was all seven-day closings, no due diligence. It was great, but they were all like twenty-five thousand dollars Um <laughs> I remember being my broker every year, being like, okay, my goal for this year is I'm going to $50,000. That's going to be my average price. Ooh, next year it's going to be $100,000. Just <laughs> trying to like increase that average price point. Wow. Um, as, you know, I got a little bit older, my friends started being ready to buy houses, and the markets started turning a little bit. I started working with your traditional buyers and sellers. Um, and now I've just been going at this for, for 12 years. It's kind of flown by and never thought I would be in this industry and couldn't imagine being anywhere else now. Wow. So almost like a fluke situation led you here to be doing real estate in this space. And that original like college job that was just supposed to probably be like some extra money has led into your career that I'd say you're quite good at. <laughs> you didn't brag on yourself, but you are a top producer. You are part of a team. Yes. And you guys, how about just on average uh, last year, you know, about how much volume did your team? So we do about 100, 125 deals a year. Just team. a cool 100, 125 deals. Um, that's awesome. So I just wanted to say that because I want people to understand, like, we've got a goat in the room. Like, this girl <laughs> is awesome. And I invited you in here today, not only because I think you're amazing just as a person and a real estate agent, but you've been through some things that a lot of people have not been through at your age. And you have, in my opinion, done it with such grace and just... I'm just always impressed and just wowed by how you've been able to overcome some of the things that you've had to deal with at this point in your life. Um, You're relatively young and you've had some hurdles that have come up that other people haven't experienced. Can you kind of walk us through some of the things that have happened in your life over the past these years of your real estate that have been things that you weren't expecting? And I mean, I would consider them trials. Definitely a lot of trials and tribulations, no doubt about it. 
So in 2019, um, at the age of 31, I was diagnosed with, with breast cancer. Um, and I had to figure out how, you know, what my work-life balance was going to be. How do I simultaneously go through treatment while also selling houses? Um, for me, there was never a question of, okay, let me just step back from real estate. I'm going to, you know, focus on my health and not sell. For me, it was just, okay, it's just another thing that has to, has to happen. Um, there was a lot of coordination, a lot of planning that was involved. Very similar to, like, when I had my son. Um, mm-hmm. I, for me, the hardest part was being open with everyone about it. Right. Um, my son was, my son's six now. Um, and I remember when he was about six months old, um, one of my friend's siblings was like, oh, I want to buy a house, but I, I don't know if you're working. I don't want to bother you. And I was like, of course I'm working. My son's six months. Like, I took my son to a closing when he was three days old. Like, right. I never stopped. Um, and that was kind of always in the back of my head of, do I let the general public know what I'm going through? Of course, like my family, my friends, they knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. But I was so nervous that it was going to affect my business. So I wore my wig every single day going through a chemo. I didn't want, even like, you know, a lot of people in my office didn't know. Of course, like, you know, my good, like my friends knew, my broker knew, the office staff knew, but just other people that I don't have, a, you know, a good relationship with, I didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. They may have suspected when they saw a wig and they're like, did Alex get a new haircut? Um, but I kind of kept that close to my heart until after I was through chemo. Because in my mind, which is not true, but in my mind it was that right. getting through chemo is like the hardest part. And then everything after that is just, eh, it's just surgery. It's just radiation. You can kind of have more flexibility going through those. Um, so I really learned to lean in on on my family, but also my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, my my family was incredible. Um, they helped you know meals, clean the house. My husband was there to take me to my appointments and chemo and all that good stuff. But on the days that I knew that I was going to be out of work, because I would have chemo mm-hmm. on a on a Friday, and I knew Sunday Monday I was completely out of commission. There was I could come like five p.m. on a Sunday night. I couldn't open my eyes after wow. chemo, and so if I had a due diligence ending, if I knew there was going to be clients on Wednesday on Monday, I was like, okay, I'm completely out. There was no even responding to like a text message just because I couldn't see the words almost. I couldn't wow. get out of bed. Um, so I had two coworkers primarily that I really, really heavily relied upon throughout it, and I'd be like, okay. It's chemo week, um, mm. which was every three weeks. And I would say, okay, these are a list of all of my clients. These are a list of all of my transactions. And this, if we're in the middle of a transaction, this is the other agent's contact information. This is my client's name, phone number, whatever it was. Um, but I think even if there was like a chance that, you know, sometimes, you know, buyers can take, you know, they'll call you out of blue. Even if there's a chance they may randomly call me, I had that on a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a seller who was like, oh, I think we're going to sell in six months, I had that on a spreadsheet. I, wow. It was just in case my my coworkers could pick up the spreadsheet and know exactly where everyone was so that right. I would never miss a beat. Right. So you're extremely organized. I am not, but it taught me. <laughs> um, I am not an organized person. I'm not a type A person. Everything just kind of like lives in my head. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, chemo brain is real. Mixed chemo brain with, you know, pregnancy brain. It's a terrible, terrible mess. So I have had to learn how to become more organized. I live in the notes section of my phone now. Mm-hmm. Um, every little thing in my life now has to be written down. Um, otherwise, it just it doesn't happen, and I will forget about it. Right. 
but just knowing that I had everyone to rely upon was so, so important to me. Um, and then, like I said before, like I was nervous to, to tell people about what was happening. But once I was, you know, working with my clients, and I would have to be very upfront with them, like, hey, guys, like, I'm going to be out of commission tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. this is who's going to be filling it. If you need anything, please call them. Like, of course, like, you know, CC me into it. Right. Text me about it. But, like, I will respond to you Tuesday morning, bright and early. But, like, for the next 40, you know, 24, 40 hours, like, I'm completely gone. Right. And I ended up having one of my best years in real estate. At the time, it ended up being my wow. best year in real estate. And I remember looking back at the year and be like, oh my gosh, how did that just happen? No kidding. And I think it was because I was so determined not to let my diagnosis affect my career. Right. I was so determined to make sure that I was going to persevere and just keep on pushing forward. Um, my personality, I had to, to get up every single day and put on, get dressed, put on my makeup because that kept me sane right the day that I just like laid in bed and sat there I was like this isn't for me I can't do this and so knowing that I had my clients relying upon me I actually think helped me like heal and get better totally just keep moving forward right so when this came up you weren't like okay I'm just gonna sit and mope in my room and look at the wall or feel discouraged or let it overcome and succumb me instead I'm gonna create a plan I'm going to lean on to the people who know what's going on and I can rely on. And then I'm going to move forward with determination to get through this. Pretty much. I mean, I, my son had just turned two. Like, there was yeah. no just sitting back. Like, I, yeah. had to, I had to be a present mother and I had to be a president realtor. Like, mm-hmm. I had worked so long and so hard to build my business right. that I was not going to let anything right. affect that. And, and it sounds like you think, and I mean, who knows, right? But like it probably helped you and you just kind of indicated and said this, it probably helped you push through that season and overcome that trial and that, uh, you know, speed bump in your life by saying like, I've got other things I got to show up for Mm -hmm. and I'm not willing to let these go by the wayside. And so I really am going to excel myself through this treatment and through this experience and use this and my family, of course, as a motivation to just keep pushing through to get it. Like you almost said, it's almost like something else I've got to fit into the schedule and check off. hundred percent. I mean, life's all about how much you can pack into a day. Unfortunately, you know, we're, we're both moms. Let's okay. Got to get the kids ready. Got to get them to school. Got to get them picked up from school. Got to go meet this client. Got to go on the appointment. And now still to this day, like I still have my doctor's. Okay. Got this doctor appointment on this day. Got this follow up on that day. So it's just a matter of how much stuff can you pack into that one day. So it became a lot of like late nights, which I'm still doing now. So you just Tetris it into your life. Exactly. (laughs) Wow. And I I don't think that it's a lot of people could say that. I mean, I can't imagine like psychologically and just like emotionally how it feels to be able to to sit at a table with a doctor or at an office with a doctor and then say, okay, Alex, um, we are going to have to let you know something we don't want to let you know. And you have, you have cancer. I mean, I can't imagine how that would feel in that moment. And then, I mean, from that space, you just get up and say, all right, well, we're just going to handle this. Is that how, you, I mean, was that your approach or did you need time, did you need some time to just adjust and recalibrate and say like, okay, I don't know how I feel about this, but this is what I think I'm going to do. So, of course, like, you know, as soon as like I got my official diagnosis, I went into full panic mode, like you know, hyperventilate. I was like, mm. what am I going to do? Um, and I ended up calling another realtor who had gone through cancer a couple of years before that I mm. really admire and look up to. And I was like tell me everything like I need your you know how you succeeded and she actually put me in contact with another realtor who had also been diagnosed like a week before me wow and so we kind of created this like support system for one another 
And so she was another company. And that's what's so incredible about people here at the board is that everyone, it doesn't matter what company you're with. Right. Everyone just kind of comes together and they're to support and help each other. And so we, we would sit there and, you know, ask about each other's treatment. We would go for a lunch. We would compare. We had completely different type of cancers. Mm-hmm. But we were able to morally and physically support each other throughout right. all of it in our right. journeys um, and be there for one another. So a, a key component of your plan to start moving forward was finding a support group for the situation mm-hmm. you'd found yourself in. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good point for people who might be listening to this. No matter what it is that has come up in their life that could be a trial, um, that could create you know, some friction in their life or, or you know, something hard to consider finding support within our industry, somebody who understands what we do, how we do it, but has been walking that journey, walking along that path or walking in that journey, or is going to be walking alongside you in that journey. I mean, I remember even when I had my first kid, I was like, somehow immediately best friends with a few other realtor friends who had just had kids. I think that's how we met, honestly. Like, I think that's how we really started talking. I think so. (laughs) And so it's like, you kind of have to Strate- not not that you're doing it to use people, but you strategically position yourself around the people who understand what you're going through, not just from a life place. Because you'll have you probably had other friends or got connected to other people that were going through a similar journey with cancer, or maybe at a young age, or as moms. But to add that second layer in of like doing what you do and maintaining a business at the capacity that you are maintaining it at, and just knowing like, hey, you're doing this, I'm doing this, we got this, like we're gonna get through this, we're gonna push further, and you know, you found that little support group, and then from there, once you found that support group, was your next step like, okay, now I've got to find some people in my office who I really trust that I know can do business similar to me, that I can loop in and start you know, helping me on the days that I'm unavailable, or what, was, what were your next steps? So for me, it was just, you know, figuring out, like, okay, what is my treatment plan? And mm-hmm. I had those relationships already for so I knew I could rely upon them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they both, like, immediately jumped up, like, what can we do? How right. can we help? Right. And so there was never a question of, like, okay, is there anyone I can trust? Right. They, they both immediately jumped up, and I am so, so grateful for them um, that they were there for, you know, throughout all of this. Because right. I would never have been able to, to make it through otherwise. Yeah. Um, but kind of, like, back to what you were saying about, like, you know, creating that, like, that friend group, that mom group, it's, you know, whether you're going through cancer or you're, you know, you have a significant other that's going through, you know, trials and tribulations, um, a parent that's, you know, that's getting older or mm-hmm. something that needs help, it's, you're always going to try, you're almost going like, to um, gravitate towards someone who's going to understand what you're going through mm-hmm. because it's almost like, a, you're going to like a mastermind, like, okay, what are you, how are you getting by? What are you doing? What's working for you? Because we can all learn from one another. That's a great point. Just it's almost like a mastermind that you know somebody else doing what you're doing and trial and error or what you know who do you know that can come sit with this person at this time or whatever it might be. It's those people that can become a resource to you. I think that's a, a really great point. And so you had these people you could trust. You pushed through this. I don't know how you did it. You just told us how you did it, but I mean, wow, overwhelming. I mean, we were just saying just before we started, you know, went on air talking about. Just being a mom and working in real estate alone is chaotic enough, but you added this stuff in, you you put it all on the schedule and you said, okay, I'm gonna get organized, I'm gonna have to take the help, I'm gonna lean into the people who I know I can trust and are, you know, people wanna help you. That's, a, that's another point, and it, you probably don't need me to reiterate this, but I have had friends who need help. They've been in situations and they need help and they don't wanna take it. It's like, there's certain times in your life where the people who love you want to help you because they love you. They don't want you to turn it down. Did you have any, did you have any um, like perspective or anything that you could share in regard to that? And like, 
about allowing people in to help you? So, yes. So I'm a very, like, stubborn person, and I like to do it all <laughs> on my own because I'm always in my head. like, I can do it better than anyone else. I don't. And when I get diagnosed, it's like a flip switch. I'm like, give me all the help. Like, uh-huh. I will take everything and anything, whatever, you know. Wow. If someone's willing to go open a door for me, if someone's willing to help write a contract for me, if someone's willing to make me a meal, like, yes, please. I will take every little thing. And I've kind of, like, let that kind of, like, continue on because there's only so much you know as moms right. as realtors as professional in business that we can do in a day and so the more that we can kind of like spread out there right um, and delegate the more efficient we're going to be and the more that we're going to be able to help with our clients and really focus in on what we're good at and what we really need to be focusing our time and energy on so that's almost like a life lesson right there right like allow people to come into spaces that you're not used to wanting like i'm similar to you I, i'm like i can do it i'll handle it it's fine i know i like the way i fold laundry okay um but you know letting somebody come into a space delegating mm-hmm. leaning on the people who want to help you and love you and letting them have i mean it's a privilege for them to help you in those times too like i ha- i've had to tell friends like it is my privilege and joy to bring you a meal or to help you or to pick up your kids. It is not a burden to me. And so sometimes we kind of can get in our own heads and think like, oh, we're just, we're creating more more trouble for them or whatever it is, but learning. Yeah, and I think when people offer, they generally are offering. Right. Some people I think may just say it because they feel like it's the right thing to do, but you generally get a good sense of like, is someone being genuine? And don't be afraid to be like, hey, I don't need, I don't need a meal. But what I need is I need someone to go for a walk with me, talk mm. with me, get me out of my head and in my space right. and inside my house. So be able and willing to like tell people what it is that you actually need. Right. Or a place that, that a place that they can pour in. Yeah. Yeah. Because they want to. So you had this diagnosis and your treatment plan. How long did that take? I mean, how what your full time from like, you know, finding this out, figuring this out to feeling like you and maybe you don't even feel like you're you're comp- you know, I don't think you're ever completely done with something as life altering as that in the sense of like how you perceive the world and life and your business. But like, what was your, you know, timeline for treatments and being kind of out of commission and having to adjust how you were doing things? So my main course of treatments, I was diagnosed um, July, um, finished chemo in um, November, end of November, had surgery in January, and then again. I think it was March, and then another third. I can't even remember at this point. It kind of all blurs together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I had radiation in March, um, so it was about a year of like truly active treatment. Then I had some infusions after that, but I still go to my doctors um, every six months. I'm on a right. ten year hormone blocker, so for ten years, my that's going to be considered my active treatment. Wow. At what point did you feel like you were basically like? And again, this is where so, I, this is where I feel like this isn't even a real. It's not even a real question because you're never the same. You're never the same, right? Like when something life altering happens to you like this, that you're like, wow, I had to really change my outlook. I had to change my way I do everything, the way I move, the way I perceive medicine, the way I eat, the way whatever it is. Um, it doesn't ever just like completely go away. But at what point did you feel like, okay, I'm I'm back to my regular old Alex and. I don't, I'll take the help and now I've learned to delegate, but like now I'm, I'm, I feel like I've overcome that or do you, do you Um, still feel like you're dealing? I would say probably took about 18 months Mm -hmm. or so, 18 months or two years. Um, cause I had my last surgery, um, a few months before my daughter was born and I was like, okay, I have to be done with like surgery because I have to be able to like pick her up when she's going to be born. Mm. 
And so, yeah, it's probably about 18 months to two years. Um, okay. Everything kind of becomes becomes a blur at this right. point. It right. It blends together. So you had, I mean, it's a, that's a long road to walk down. And so you did that. You pushed through. And you're coming into the season now, you know, on that timeline where you're about to have another baby. Tell us about that experience because that wasn't really like, you know, people might be hearing this and they're like, she's going to have a baby in the middle of all of this. Tell us, tell us how this all played out. So I um, ended up having to have my daughter by a surrogate um, because I could not naturally carry without my cancer coming back. Um, and that was something I was also very like hesitant to kind of put out into the world being like, are people going to judge me for having a surrogate? Mm. Are people going to even know what, what that is? Um, am I going to be able to focus in on work again? Um, I remember using the motivation of being pregnant with my son as the thing that pushed me over the limit. I remember going on a, on a listing appointment when I was pregnant with my son. And the lady looked at me and she was like, are you sure you can do this listing? I was like, trust me, you're not going to find anyone more motivated than me to sell your house. Because of this. Yeah, pretty much. And she was like, okay, you're right. And she gave me the listing. And so I was like, okay, am I going to have that same motivation with my daughter? Right. And, and of course I did. Um, and now and then it became a whole new juggle. Okay, two kids. Two kids is very different than, than one kid. Um, you're juggling three kids. You know that juggle more than anyone. Um, it's it's a whole new dynamic of how everything fits together and what your new life routine becomes. Right. And so you had a surrogate, you had your daughter really very quickly after your last surgery. Mm-hmm. Was that overwhelming? Not, yes and no. Um, it was another check mark of like, okay, I have <laughs> to get through, have to get through this to get to the good stuff. Right. Um, I'm very much like a to-do list type of person and I get stuff done type of person as well. So it was just, okay, what do I need to do? I'm not going to sit here and cry about it because that's not going to help me. It's give me the facts. What do we need to do? Let's get it done. No time to waste. I'm very much like live in the moment type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of also helped me you know, throughout the whole process. It's interesting. I think that that's a, a, a trait or a, a mindset that I hear a lot of successful real estate agents have is just like, what do we need to do to get through this? What do we need to do to get to the finish line? What do we need to do to accomplish the goal? And just setting those things out in front of them, powering through and doing the job, whatever that might be. So that's really cool. So you had your daughter through surrogacy mm-hmm. and you continue to maintain your business. I don't think your business had any any bit of, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I don't know your numbers, I don't track you. <laughs> I do know that you're successful and I do admire you and the way that you move and do business, but it's not like your, your business took any of a, any kind of a downturn during any of this. And through this period, um, things changed. You delegated, you learned new ways of doing things, you started organizing yourself in a different manner, you started maneuvering in your business in a different way. Mm-hmm. When you came out um, of that season and you had had your daughter, um, you made some changes in your career I think I yes I believe how what what led to those and how have those gone for you and what has that yielded and how you know what what direction has this all led you into this point where we are today so after you know having my daughter going through my treatment um, I really saw the value of a team Um, and me and another guy in my office we we partnered up and now we're trying to you know grow and expand our team just trying to give back as much as we can and help train new agents and just be there and help them kind of live their best version of themselves and what is going to help motivate someone else what is going to help them 
you know, obtain like their personal goals and their family goals and their business goals. Mm -hmm. Um, What's going to inspire them to to listen to a podcast or read a book, go for a walk. Mm -hmm. And do you think that your journey had any influence in that? Absolutely. Um, That's, I think, when I started listening to a lot of podcasts, Um, I had a lot of downtime and a lot of time I was, you know, kind of like stuck laying in bed or my walks became a lot shorter. So it became a lot of, okay, how can I learn more? How can I improve mentally? I know at the time I was like, okay, do I want to study for my broker's license? And I was like, not really. Right. So that's when I started listening to podcasts. I was like, okay, well, I'll improve, you know, and educate myself in other ways. Right. Awesome. I love that. And this doesn't surprise me to hear that from you at all. So if you could give anybody advice who might be going through something or receiving a diagnosis or dealing with an aging parent that they love dearly and is taking a lot of time and energy and it's just hard emotionally, you know, time consuming, all these things, what what would be, you know, we kind of talked through some of the steps that you took, but what would be your advice if you could circle back and talk to yourself coming into that season? So I would, you know, if I, you know, go back in time, like talk to myself, I would say, everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, have a plan. Think about what that plan is going to be. Make time for yourself. Um, go out, go for the walks, clear your head, write down your thoughts and your feelings, know who you can re- rely upon. Cause it truly does take a village, no matter what it is that you're going through, whether, you know, it's a diagnosis of yourself personally, a spouse, a, you know, a child coming to the world, an aging parent, everything does take a village. So rely on those people that love you and want to support you and that you're surrounding yourself by. But also be open. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, like I said before, I try to like hide it from my, you know, my client that I was maybe potentially working with that I was going through my diagnosis. But on the days that I know it's going to be out of like I told the other agents on the other end of the, you know my transaction, hey, I'm at chemo today. Like you will not be able to get a hold of me on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And or if you know we were in negotiations and you know they wanted a a 10 day due diligence. I was like, Hey, we really need 12. And this is why, or Hey, can we make it nine instead? Mm -hmm. And this is my reason. And everyone's like, absolutely. So just be very open because everyone does want to be accommodating. Right. So I think I'm, one thing I'm picking up is just how important it is to communicate and of course be open, but just to communicate because people can't read your mind. They don't know what you're going through. And there could be somebody on the other line or on the other side of the email or on the other side of the the table that's going through something similar and could relate or help or, um, you know, and like you said, people want to help. They want to, they want to cooperate and they want to be there and, and make accommodations. So funny story. So I was, um, when I was, um, when my daughter was born right beforehand, we had a closing scheduled and I told the other agent, I was like, Hey, can we do this closing at like 10 o'clock instead of like three o'clock? Because afterwards, like I have to go to the hospital and my, you know, we're being induced for my daughter. And she was like, okay, sure. Fine. Whatever. So rock up to the closing. And she looks at me She's like, you and liar. she was like, she was like, I'm so sorry. Like I, I think I misunderstood you. I thought you said that you were, you were going to the hospital, you were being induced. Oh my goodness. And I, I got you a gift for your daughter. And I was like, no, no, you, you heard me correctly. We're having a surrogate. And then she was like, oh, okay. And then she was like, well, after the closing, she's like, will you come with me? And she had gotten like this great, amazing gift for Aww. my daughter. And it was just, it was so heartfelt. And she was like, you were so great to work with. Aww. And I was just, she was like, I was so impressed that you were coming to a closing for your client the day you were going to the hospital. <laughs> and, but it was just so funny because her mind, she was like, oh my like gosh. Like you were about she, to she give like, birth to a child. How did I 
completely misunderstand you. Oh, and she had that beautiful gift. <laughs> I was like, no, no, you're correct. Like, here's the... So I, I, sent her, I, I sent her a picture of the baby afterwards. And I, she was like, oh. I was going to say, I bet you're still friends with her. <laughs> That's so sweet. Well, you are certainly inspiring. And we're going to have your information in this podcast. And I, I am almost certain that someone will hear this and, and hear something that resonates with them or feel a connection to you through the experience that you've had. And I hope, I really hope that people listening to this that might have anything similar or just want to be inspired in general would maybe follow you on social media or look you up or if they see you at open house stop by and say hi whatever it might be because you are out in the field you are doing the work you are the real deal you are man so impressive you've got the grit you've got a great attitude and really you didn't say this but I'm going to I think so much about your success is centered around your attitude and having such a good attitude and just saying similar to what you said a little bit earlier you know I can't change this sitting here and wallowing isn't going to make it better so let's figure out a plan and let's get through it and that is having a good resilient hard working optimistic attitude and I think that's I haven't been through this. I can't speak to this journey, but I think that that's a huge um, attributor to where you, why you are where you are today. And so I really appreciate you coming in here and being just vulnerable and transparent with us. I know that's, I, I would imagine that it's so, somewhat hard. Maybe it's not, but just sharing your journey and being open, like you said, I think it will really benefit the people who are able to hear from you and learn from you and look to you for inspiration. So thank you so much for coming in here. I love seeing you around Atlanta Realtors and hopefully we'll see you soon. Yeah. Maybe at Chili Cook-Off. So I got my ticket. Can't okay. wait to be there. All right. Uh, but thank you so much. And for anyone that is going through anything, like Kate said, like I am an open book. And so call me, text me, like Instagram me. Like I don't care. Like reach out. Like I will help you in any way that I can. Anyone that's trying to go through something and figure out like next steps and if they can get through it because we're strong. We deal with crazy clients every single day. We're stronger than we think we are. That is true. That is very true. If you just step back and look at how all of our businesses operate, we can get through a lot of stuff. Well, thank you, Alex. I really appreciate you coming in, and we are so grateful to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Atlanta Realtors Rundown. Please subscribe, and for more information on how to get engaged, check us out at atlantarealtors.com. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode.